0: It's the second cup of Joe and John
1: with Joe Elvis and John Dwyer. Can I shoot a skunk in the face? We could ask our Uh, guest uh, the legality. That'd be
0: one of the, one of the odd, odd comments. I've never heard those words put together. Do you know why the chicken crossed the road? So. To prove to the possum it could be
1: done. See, (laughs) there's, I know, that's good stuff. So uh, my dogs come in rabid they've been sprayed by a skunk mm. so two big dogs uh, i say yes you can shoot so kim kim right my wife, now my wife puts them in our bedroom oh i wanted to isolate them oh great in our bedroom what a perfect choice what about the Way other go, four kim? rooms in the half so um we paid a trapper which is a damn good job because what are you going to do when you got a skunk and he caught him uh, caught one, and then we just caught another. But there is a little deal that they're uh, they're uh, what are they? They're not restricted. restricted. They're protected. They're, they're restricted. <laughs> restricted. <laughs> so you can't uh, you can't shoot it in the face. And I put that on my Facebook page. You I want to shoot
0: it, but not in the
1: face. I just want to shoot it in the it's face. Because you don't want to scar it okay. You're a uh, comment is appro- inappropriate and has been removed. <laughs> Because I want to shoot it in the face, uh, but he takes it and puts it on a, a a reserve somewhere, or what I think he does is he drives to an even even fancier neighborhood and drops it off in their neighborhood and then puts out all his cards. But I've caught two skunks. Well, so you haven't. That's no, I haven't. Yeah, and they're sweet and they look at you and they're okay. nice, but. I want to shoot it in the face. So okay. nice. I don't, I don't think I can.
0: So, you, where you and I differ is uh, we have a lot of similarities uh, among being the same age, kind of same genre, same interests, um, so forth. Have you ever had a scrape with the law, like as a juvenile, oh, something like that? Here we go. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, you're, you're a God fearing Christian faith-based guy i mean you just right you you didn't get a a parking ticket in
1: that era i had a a a permed mullet in my 1971 torino with air so you were invisible basically you were acrylic (laughs) nobody even saw you dual thrust mufflers (sighs) they saw the yellow car. car i i was the i was the peg of every uh hendersonville police officer i didn't you know i got pulled over once going to church i was late Picking up my girlfriend (laughs) flying. He pulled me over. I said, I'm going to church. And he gave me the little rigmarole and uh uh, and let me go. Said, put the tip in the plate. Uh, but the, you know, one of my best tip in the plate, plate. my my best and only story is my son Justin wrestled at Brentwood High and he was going to a match in Spring Hill. So he was late. And as you go through Cool Springs, there's that downhill dip. So here comes the Blues and a state trooper pulling him over. He was doing 85 and a 70. And so gets his ticket, gets his court date. And uh, fast forward in Williamson County, they have a magistrate. So he's the judge. And this guy, uh, Justin, gets his new suit on. He's, he just looks great. And the the, the uh, hair is the, flowing. The, yeah. the, the, he has severe flow. Yeah. And the, he comes up and Kim's with him. And uh, the judge says, whoo, you look so good in that suit, Justin King, and it's not going to help you one bit. And proceeds to wear him out about uh, responsibility. You're basically driving a weapon that's not yours. You get in a wreck and they sue your family and it's over and such. And Justin loved it and couldn't believe, and we'll talk to our guest about some of this, the juveniles, juvenile court, people his age, which was 16 at the time, are in there for guns, robbery, uh, unbelievable stuff. He couldn't believe kids his age were already into that and doing that. And uh, he-scared he, him a little bit. He probably, emailed the judge, asked him if he could shadow him, and he loved it. And from that day, he's wanted to be a lawyer, and he's at Auburn University right now in so law and justice in his junior year. Still didn't get out of the ticket, though. No. No, I uh, Full force. I I uh,
0: my I had a scrape with the law. I had an officer come up to my window after a football game in high school. Played quarterback in high school. Had an awful game. through three interceptions. I was with a, a cheerleader uh, in a cul-de-sac where there were no homes built at the time. Uh, nothing. No hanky panky. I was more pouting than anything and she was able to secure from her older sister a six-pack of Michelob and uh and so I uh I, I light bottles I had not not, <laughs> not even that yet no they had the gold on them they were oh, they were yeah. premium I cost <laughs> me like six bucks my whole allowance or something but uh and we did had not gotten into them yet and I hear a knock on the on the door and I you know and I'm, oh god so there's an officer and he says uh so, how old are you I said I'm 17 I'm you have some beer. I said, I do. I said, I play quarterback at the school and we had a terrible game. I threw three interceptions and I'm just kind of talking myself through it. And he goes, he looks at me and he says, I was at that game and and you were awful. He says, give me that beer and get out of here. I was able to, I was able to get out of that, but
1: arresting uh, you for being a horrible quarterback. quarterback. Guilty. (laughs) Anyway, with that, let's spin the Rolodex. Hey, We
0: know people. Let's take a spin through Joe and John's Rolodex. It's on H. It's a good one today. This is a good one. Why don't you you take the introduction?
1: Well, uh, we love talking about Nashville and uh, Darren Hall, the 61st Sheriff. Boy, I hope that number's right, and has been around it since 2002 and probably even longer in our justice system. And I, all of us can call Darren friends. Uh, when I was Joe Elvis at one Oh five, nine, the rock Darren would come on regularly. And we talk about all the things that Nashville have had going on and still does and how to keep people safe. And I learned that actually the biggest DUI night is St. Patty's night. It's not new year's Eve night when people are working all day and then that they may go have changed. <laughs> <I ain't laughs> <gone too laughs> um, so Darren, welcome. And we're grateful that you would come join us, uh, Two ex-broadcast veterans, right?
2: well uh, hey i'm happy to be here these uh i love the quarterback stories i have sons who do that i have another son at auburn so i relate to both of your stories yeah. and uh probably even had a few McLoad myself in those <laughs> those nights where he played poorly or i did in my my days but uh
1: what did you play yeah.
2: darren's tall i'm six foot so you're probably six three yeah probably a little over my dad was six seven and so i i always probably a little over six three on yeah on, on paper but if you um, stand
1: up straight six five i mean yeah.
2: he's a big guy darren's a big guy well i don't know i, I was i was I had a weird birthday my birthday's in july and so i was a young kid in that grade and yep. looking back from a sports uh, perspective i probably should have held back or been that, that kid at stage sure. back i grew much later and played every sport and uh, i was i was really into that I went to any high school and and we weren't very good in very many sports but uh um but yeah i, went, I grew like 11 inches in a year and mm-hmm. it was the wrong year it was the year between junior and senior had that happened as a sophomore and I played quarterback when I was growing up, uh, you know, all through the, those years. And then we get to high school and we ran the wing T, which is a horrible offense, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, let's go back to 1956 yeah.
2: and be, <laughs> you know, Paul Horning or something. Yeah. Like, oh,
0: Whose idea? Was that the coach's idea? I
2: later in his years, I mean, he was a, he's yeah. a nice man, but he was just a, an old, I won't ever forget. Yeah. We, we'd play McGavick every year, the first game. And Antioch was a small school and, um, uh, you know our, our his big speech every year a super nice man but he'd say we're gonna run the wing tee on Friday night this the night before we'd go and we're gonna tomorrow night guys we're gonna go play uh, McGavick high school and he said they cut more players than we have on our team and you know and that was all true and he said and we're gonna run the wing tee they know it and we know it and we're going to go outperform them tomorrow, and I want to go, Coach. We haven't done that yet. Can we change the offense? I mean, it, <laughs> I
1: mean that's th- t-
2: three years i hardest heard speech. It ain't worked. <laughs> work. Didn't didn't work. Yeah, did it? Yeah. No. Oh no, that's that's interesting. And then uh,
0: you went to Western,
2: yes, right? So, Western yeah. Kentucky. Is we that were there? At Western together. Yeah, that's right. Joe and I have had a bunch of cross paths. Yeah. I, I, uh, oh my goodness. Kind of a weird. Yeah. So we're playing high school football, and I, I also punted and kicked and, and did some other things, and so. Uh, the coaches from Western were down here watching a guy on our team, a defensive lineman who was pretty good. And I had a, a really lucky night of kicking and bouncing the ball around, doing things, and, and punted the ball 78 yards one time. Yeah. Really over what? the top. And yeah, I right. was all over the top. I well, you were punting over. a lot. I know that. Yeah, that's right. We didn't run a very good offense. 13 punts tonight for
0: 1,050 yards. Set a new state record because – <laughs> yeah you, no, you, no first downs
2: but a lot of punting it was not fun to watch <laughs> or play and uh so i get this letter from the coach at western saying uh, hey we were down there watching like see so you come visit the school and everything my parents had never been to college no one in my family and so i was gonna think i think i was going to college but i wasn't sure where and didn't even know where bowling green kentucky was and so this letter said, "We'd like for you to come visit, and here's two tickets to see Cool and the Gang." Now, I have to understand this is an '82. Oh my God! Celebration, <laughs> so ladies' go. night. Hey, cool what? Gang. What do you mean a, a concert? Yeah. Oh my! God. Was I that was up a, at Diddle, up yes, in Bowling Green? It was a Diddle, <laughs> and this is a great story. So I, I, I pack up and drive up there to see practice, and it was a spring season. So I guess it was spring, but anyway. Um, so I get up there, and sure enough, this you know Diddle Arena has 13,000 people. Big concert. I was with the coaches or recruits or whatever they call us. And, and we're bouncing around. And so that night, because of the uh, this is a true story, because of the concert, they had a brownout, the electricity was drained from whatever I don't know how that ever happened mm-hmm. before. But so the campus just went not black, but just dark, uh, you know, light, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the lights weren't working all over campus. So I mean, what is it, twelve thousand students just came out of the dorms and ran around for, and I thought, I'm never leaving this place. I mean I have the, found this is this is I found my people. I thought, man, we never slept. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that was the most amazing so I jumped in the car, went home, I told my parents, I said, I'm I've told the coach I'm playing there, I'm going there, you know. And so um so I, sure enough and and didn't, you know, and I wasn't very good. I, I was I was uh what you might call an athlete as a recruiter I just grown to this height I was pretty fast because i didn't like to get hit so i'd run faster when i was <laughs> being chased and so i had all these weird things going on and then i, I look up and i'm in bowling kentucky with no one i don't know a soul me neither and it was weirdest thing and i, I didn't know change. you
1: played for western though
2: i did it was 1982 now that's yeah. jimmy fikes sure i was there uh 81 through 85 and hendersonville right yeah so tommy hood he sure was, he was in the band <laughs> no tommy hood was a ka i know tommy and he was on the team the years now now fikes he was an older guy at the time and he he uh, resigns retires a couple of years into mine that ended my life for football because i don't want to go through this all over again I had a vanderbilt guy dave roberts who left vanderbilt like as an offensive coordinator to come be the head coach and he comes in the locker room he says throw all your jerseys in the locker room we're starting all over and over. and i I wasn't yeah. going anywhere. So I said, man, sure. I'm going to go enjoy my college life. But uh, yes, I played two years of, and I didn't get to play much at all, but I was on the team for two years or uh, involved for two years. And, um, you know, and did the smartest thing I ever did was was to get out of that and go just live life and had the best experience of my life in college. I mean, it was four insane. years. I stayed there. I did an internship. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I did the old internship.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's That's even fine. worse. I, I, a five year plan. Yeah, okay. That's I mean,
2: fine. I had this, ex- well, for me, a very rich, great uncle, and he was this man who didn't have kids, and he was ninety something years old. It felt like from the day I was born. But every Christmas, we'd get a dollar <laughs> we, coin. Yep. Oh yeah. Uncle Uncle Horace was his name, <laughs> and so super nice man. But so I, you know, no one in my family had graduate from college. So I graduated from college. We're having graduation at Bowling Green, and he drives up there. He'd outlived like three wives, and just was this really business focused man. And so anyway, he drives up there, and he had, he walks up, congratulations, and hands me this envelope, and I thought i've got a million dollars in this envelope this is my life i've done it all you know and uh so i go back and kind of crack the envelope open and he had arranged to pay for me to go to graduate school that was the least thing i wanted to do i was ready to go live and oh that's like getting socks uh, or christmas terrible oh. and then i couldn't get out of it so i had to go back oh well, i had to say had yeah to, it was paid for that part of my life and uh, wow so i go back for a year and a half of graduate school and really actually learned a lot there my, my buddies that graduated the ones who i was having too much fun with and now i'm kind of there for a year and a half of doing what i think what you should be doing and so I went to study criminology and all that, and piddled around, and I was going to finish my thesis, moved back to Nashville in '88. I still haven't finished my thesis. Just still,
1: so you know. <laughs> still a work in progress. Words yeah, put together. Yeah. You were on College Street, weren't you? weren't yes. you in SAE? Yeah, no, I was a uh, Fidel. A Fidel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SME. And then I was a Sigma Nu, just yeah. down the street. John Sims. I know John Sims, and. Uh, 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 Scott Travis. Scott Travis was a yeah. Uh, yeah. Western quarterback. Was yeah. a Sigma Nu. Mark Nelson was a receiver. Nelson, great Those player. were the two. So Western was. Uh, it was kind of weird, but great. Western had half a stadium, mm-hmm. just one side, and so that's where you could go sneak with whatever girl you're with and drink beers until the <laughs> campus police shined their beacon up there on you told you to get out. But uh, so the guys would leave the, f- the fraternity house, go play the game. And then you'd see him back there like, yeah. you know, an hour after the game and the parties began that night, but it was small time, you know, small, a smaller college yeah. football, but it was, uh, it was still fun. He was at Butler. Oh, I, I, I went to Butler. Him. I was a, a
0: Sigma do right? there. So we, yeah, That's we have awesome. some synergy there.
1: Joe and John have come to the fork in the road.
0: Had your uncle not presented you that envelope, where is Darren Hall? Because it sounds like criminology and all that kind of fed into your postgraduate work, right? yeah you know
2: it, it, i did take this weird, and that wonderful thesis that thesis yeah. i'm still working still on working I'm, I'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna leave it when i uh, <laughs> just drop it off with, uh, but i i uh, it was a, it was a weird time i i took so no kidding i went three years of school and this is the craziest thing they had these job uh back then we didn't have literally bulletin boards on the walls yeah. or what it was. this thing said hey come to work for us you know whatever for the state of kentucky and and um Uh, I was a junior and it said, you know, you'll, you'll have an opportunity to live in the counties and work in the jails and the court system and all this. It was called a a pretrial officer was the heading. Well, to me, I wanted money, right? I needed to go work. I hated being so broke in college. And so it's my junior year. And so it said the requirements were you had to have a degree. They were really pitching for people who are graduating. So I just filled out the thing. I said, you know what? I'm not going to lie about it, but I filled it out and left my graduation date vacant. You know, and so when I turned it in, I had no idea. I didn't think anything about it. We're having the best of times, and I'm, um, I get this call from, like, uh, Frankfurt, Kentucky, and setting up an interview for these jobs. And so I still knew, you know, it would be a good chance to interview, and you know, I'd love to go do something like that. There's no way I'm going to be hired. So long story short, there's 40-some of the people who applied, and we sit there for three days, and you don't know when you're going. They didn't give you an order. So were just like 40 something people. And so we were sitting like there. Jury duty. It was terrible. <laughs> and I looked back and I thought, man, so I went in and do my thing. And so they were asking questions. And I won't ever forget the, the, uh, the guy asked me, one of the guys in an interview said, so how would you handle this job? Basically you're going to be living in hotels as a young person. And you would go when someone was inter- arrested, interview them and then go to the judge and say, here's the deal. You know, John lives in hermitage and he's got a job, his family. doesn't. It was really helping make determination about bond. Mm-hmm. Kentucky, had outlawed bail bondsman in 1972 it's the only state that had done that so there's no way to get out of jail other than this role where right. i'm there going judge john's a pretty good guy and really i work for the government i'm not really a commercial person mm-hmm. it was super cool like a mediator me. or an arbitrator what? or something like and that. and for a 20-something year old interest in this i mean it was heaven i thought man, if i could just do that so that he asked me in the interview he said so how would you handle being out here on the road and living in a hotel and something bizarre happened to you how would you handle something you weren't expecting how are you as a person do you freak out or you know that kind of thing so i just started talking about this experience where I, my mom had worked in the in the placement service she worked for a woman who, who built a huge business way back called jane jones enterprises and they basically placed people before we even knew what this what do you call it these um what do you call it where you like is it a placement recruiter or, a job placement well service? It, it's where uh gosh i can't even think of the term everybody used. Where, where you know you, they'd send out construction workers or nurses i mean you'd go sure. there Yeah, they're like day jobs or, yeah yeah it's kind of like this, you weren't permanently placed you would go right. work a few days and back then it was like pretty, a kelly girl kelly like, that's right okay. they bought it out now right. it's ron's dad rand's dad that's it okay. that's one of those ser- placement correct. services yep. i think well she worked for this woman who built one in nashville before they had these big big brands and so they would send people to jobs and so i worked for them all the time because she'd send me all over the place and on this day they told me to go to vanderbilt drive a truck i love to drive i was 17 years old back then i thought man i want to drive a truck and um and so i show up to drive a truck when i get to vanderbilt hospital the guy who meets me Throws some scrubs at me and says, Put these on. And I was like, What? I'm 17. What do you, what do you, you know? I don't know. He goes, uh, I said, I'm here to drive a truck. And he said, We'll get to that. So, no kidding. We walked down the hallway. You through, stay at a Holiday Inn? Or I mean, something? I, I was out. are you
0: doing surgery? Well, are you getting I, scrubbed I, up? I, I was at Vanderbilt. <laughs> I said, I'm just a
2: driver, dude. What are, you, know? And, and uh, so he, he can true story. He carries me in the morgue. We walk straight in the Oh, bay oh no. And bodies are laying there, literally just being, <sighs> you know, embalmed in their. Mo- so come to find out what this driver was to do was to drive them from Vanderbilt to Meharry, the bodies and roll the bodies into Meharry's scientific ward. So they were going to use these bodies. It was a loan program. I uh, had no idea. And I was 17 years like old. I want
0: to do is drive a truck. That's what I'm saying. I can drive. Drive. What do do? I can
2: drive. Uh-huh. I want I to mean, listen to Van Halen and drive. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Don't, I mean, I, I don't make enough money, you know? And so it was horrible. I mean, the smell and the situation. And as I said, I didn't sleep for a week. I mean, it was the craziest. I worked there three or four days and, but I did what I was supposed to do, and at the end of the contract, the end of the week, I went on. And um, So anyway, when they asked me, how would you handle change, I said, hey, I want to drive a truck, and ended up having 20 dead bodies in the back of my truck, back of the thing, and drove through the city of Nashville. And I said, you know, I wasn't expecting to do that, but I did what I was supposed to do. And they forgot all about my graduation. Yeah, they sold. Said We want him. And, and the next morning, that's his true story, next morning they called me, and I couldn't believe it. I thought they were lying to me. They said, you have a job. They picked four people out of 40, and I the next thing I know, I was living in Henderson, Kentucky, in a hotel. and. And that was my junior year. So I lived there for a year, traveled in hotels for a year, interviewing everyone who went to jail. And um, it was just a phenomenal what a What a wonderful, well, wonderful. what a what life-changing experience right. to see if you wanted to go down that path. And clearly you did. Yeah, it was, it was everything weird. I mean, you know, and I even told them, of course, I didn't have a degree. And and they said, as long as you'll go to college while you're doing that. So I picked up hours and, you know, the summer and stuff, but it, it was, uh, it was life changing for a lot of ways. I, I went back, finished up my senior year after I had a year of contracts, went back and finished my senior year. And, and so I had a little bit of experience and I, I kind of oozed with that. I love that, you know, I kind of enjoyed it. now I'm back finishing school, went on to graduate school. And, and then all of those things kind of came, you know, came into play. And I, you know, I I, um, I wanted to go to the FBI. I thought I was going to do that when I left mm-hmm. graduate school, came back to Nashville. You needed five years experience or a law degree. And I was really, man, I don't know about the law thing. And I w- didn't love school, really. And so I was piddling around with what to do. I came here to work for a couple of years and just thought, you know, I'll, I'll see what I have. I'm going to go five years and go back and, and go to the FBI. But, you know, three or four years later, the sheriff's going to prison. There's elections happening. Things are turning over. Not that I was anybody, but having a degree was rare back then And this line of work. Having a little bit of experience mm-hmm. kind of made you little more marketable in this situation and so um i was just lucky it was all, everything has been really lucky for me and um i just it's the truth i i don't have a path to, to advise people because my, my situation was i went to work for a private prison company which is called cca mm-hmm. no one ever heard of it they offered me a job i'd never been offered a job in my life you know and i was working in the government and they said hey I, we'll, we'll pay you i forgot four or five thousand extra dollars in what you're making this is a 1980 or 90 and um I went to work for them and i loved it i was learning a different way of life they had this chance to go live in australia and work in the prisons i said i'm gonna try to sign me up yeah i've been living in australia for a year working in prisons down there and that was pure luck i mean and then a uh, woman got elected sheriff first one ever she knew very little about the operations but she wanted to bring the business approach to it i'm 29 years old she said would you come run the place i was like god was that here in nashville yeah okay so i'm 29 I'm, I'm the chief deputy which is really meaning you're kind of day-to-day down in the weeds and uh, so i did that for eight years um and she didn't run and there i was now 38 years old and gonna you know gonna run myself which has never happened that young anyway and
1: it's an elected position
2: it is which is very complicated and very difficult i mean i, I felt like we were doing a pretty good job running the place but to get out and run all over nashville I had to raise money and things that i didn't really have my dad had been in local politics he was a city councilman way back in my high school years but that's not really an elected office that you would think of it's more of a community civic type of role i Mm -hmm. think i mean they're important but it's not politics in a way so yeah i'm out there trying to raise money and convince people i ran against two or three leo waters and some other people they're very popular nice people and i'm thinking man, no way i'm gonna win this thing and um so we just put it all together and, and got lucky we won and uh that was 2002 and had a baby that year god knows what were we doing and uh that was just stressful and uh you
0: weren't campaigning the whole time
2: uh, that's what i'm saying <laughs> oh, maybe i needed to win the job to pay for him he's now at auburn too but that's the one who's there 20 years later he's All now right. at auburn so uh i just uh but i've been very lucky every every bit of it's been i mean i i always say it's luck and timing i've had the most luck and the best timing and i didn't do anything to deserve that well but, I'm I'm too modest too, too modest. One, no.
1: Which which one went to jail? Was that Faye Thomas? No, yeah, who Faye went to Tom, jail? Yeah. yeah. Faye Tom, oh, yeah. we've had some great. You know, Ray Blanton goes to jail. Yes, Faye Thomas yeah, goes to bail. Uh, that's <laughs> where my question's leading. They call it, but they call the good old boy network <laughs> here in Nashville. Yeah. But there was a lot of that going on. Wow. Um Wow. Not, well, I mean, just in the way you deal with people you're in your life though, it just is always in the public forum. Yeah. So there's always conjecture and gossip and this and that and the others. How did you navigate all that? You're just a college kid getting lucky and working hard and moving on and stuff. Where did that, that eventually had to punch you in the
2: face and say, Oh God, this is a gross side of what I want to do. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I'm born and raised here in nashville and, and and like i said i um i was lucky and i was a part of the system i guess i still am but i was a part of the system my dad was in the city council like i said growing up i knew a little bit about that i thought i knew quite a bit about the subject of jails and people and crime and i mean i studied that part i felt like i but you know the the way the city has moved in, in 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 directions both politically the divisiveness there's just a lot of it i mean i could go on and on about stories i, I was um I became the president of the National Sheriff Association in nineteen, excuse me, two thousand and nineteen, and you know it's a pretty big deal. I had done most of what I could do here, and I thought it'd be a good opportunity. They elected the job; it takes six or seven years to get into this seat. So, sure enough, it was going to be my year. And um, <clears throat> you know, Trump had been elected, you know, that season, that election season. So, I'm going into this role. Uh, presidents changing—that's not unusual. But but obviously, the mood about that change was different than most in my lifetime. I'm just talking about the transition at this point. So here I am, the Presidents Association, and and um. Well, let me back up. I, I was not yet in the seat of president this these months that I'm talking about. So we're all sitting around. We're in the executive committee of the, of this national association. I'm in Washington D.C. We go every year for these meetings, and um and Trump had been sworn in in January, so it's another month later, and and uh, we're up there and there's six or seven of us that are on executive committee and so you know the, the executive director says hey we're heading to the white house tomorrow we're going to the oval office the president's invited us over there and blah, 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 blah. And so you know to be honest with you I, i'm not a big fan of the parties i mean i just i run as a democrat because that's what i thought i was i don't think i'm any of these things anymore just from a not not because i agree with the other side either i just i really think it, it's it's almost i'm a football fan i like certain teams better than the others but i'm still a fan of football mm-hmm. and and, and so you know I, I run as a democrat that that's that's what you, you need to do here um but but the party issues are, are a problem for me personally and i don't think the sheriff or judges in this city should have to run as a partisan it's just not right i mean the mayor in nashville doesn't have to tell you what party they're in but the sheriff does and i don't it, i did not know that i don't um, impact the laws at all i mean right. I, I have to enforce <laughs> or live within whatever they are i don't i don't create it i don't live it. So it's really messed up and and um but anyway so i'm i'm there uh in dc trump had been elected uh now they're saying hey we're gonna head to the white house i've never been to the white house i kind of was always in awe of those kinds of sure. history uh, hi- historical things all of a sudden we're going to the white house i'm excited i'm kind of wound up we're going tomorrow at two o'clock so i have a chief of staff she's been with me you probably have met her over the years i uh, been with me for 25 years and her job is to keep me out of trouble make sure i don't mess all these things up she's I, not a great job i can I know I, I know I know. she that's needs a raise just say. <laughs> saying that she'll remind me of that <laughs> because I, I uh she saved me in, in a lot of ways and this this day i said oh, well that's good i can't wait so we're packing up to go the next day we're all up in dc we have meetings and business to do and she says you're not going and you, I, you are so not going you're not going and, and i said but well, what, what do you mean and now this is a little bit you know, premature, because when she's telling me that, I don't really know that we're gonna meet tomorrow morning with the White House staff before the two o'clock, right? So we have a meeting tomorrow with the White House staff, and she said, they're gonna tell you what to say. This is not about what the sheriff's roles are. This group has been invited. Now, I don't know if she'd heard in the hallways or what. She's smarter than me, and she probably had more, (laughs) you know, instinct than me. And, And her point was, it's one thing if you're carrying messages for sheriffs all over the country, you're elected to do that, you're supposed to go do that. If you're going over there to endorse anything that's coming out of anybody's mouth you better make sure you support whatever that is you don't know what it's going to be nine o'clock tomorrow morning we go to the meetings and sure enough they walk in hand us talking points and you know and it was about pipelines going through north dakota and it was some immigration piece and there was other things and so you know at two o'clock we're going to be here and at 2 30 you're going to be here and the press is going to be here at 2 35 and you're going to say these and here are your points and and so, you know, I went from wanting to go to saying it's not about Trump or Biden. I don't care who it was. It really wasn't the right thing for me to do because my role back here may not support that. And I don't want to stand and represent the sheriffs of the country not knowing how they even feel. Right. We, we one thing if we're going to endorse something and I don't <laughs> carry the message. This is just kind of a. So anyway, I decided not to go. And there were six of us scheduled to go. I didn't make a statement about that. I notified the executive director. I didn't say a word. That gets out, and it's national news. Sheriff refuses to go um, meet with Trump. This is early Trump things. Today that wouldn't surprise people. Back then it was news. Huffington Post is going. We have all these phones are blowing up. So, <clears throat> you know, I never refused to go. What it was was I, I didn't feel like it was in my best interest to go and endorse something that number one I don't know nothing about a pipeline going through North Dakota. Let's get that sheriff who supports it or don't you know be there. So, But it took off into I was, you know, politically opposed to everything. And I mean, I had death threats. I mean, I, I land the plane. I get home, and the next night, 11 o'clock, I'm walking to the National Airport, and this guy runs out of the bar and says, you don't even deserve to be alive. You're a worthless American. And, I mean, it's just there's so many angles to both sides. Right. And it's just, I mean, I could go on and on. But, I mean, and, and to be honest with you, I, I didn't belong there, not because – it's not appropriate unless i endorse or support the city of nashville i'm representing these people i'm up there talking like a pipeline like i know what i'm doing and um so it it just that was just one i could give you a million of them And, and you get in today's world you know if you're seen with one side or the other and you just i just i just don't like that and um you know i'm not naive i mean there's always been parties and you know and divide um but in what we do and what i think my job is is i have very little you know, influence you know on those i'm enforcing or living within the laws that you produce don't make me side with somebody I, I think that's jeopardy in its own way but um it's the part of it i don't like i've grown even our own city i don't i don't like um you know when my dad was in the council they don't have to declare a party either by the way but it's become a very common thing to declare early and get out there and be something and campaign for and endorse certain candidates and it's become way too political for a role that's really about zoning and dogs barking and traffic problems. And it's turned into <laughs> we're for the death penalty or for abortion. And right, it's not designed for that. I just, just I've really lost comfort with some of that. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a changing world. And 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 Joe mentions that you know the good old boy world, the environment. You know, Fate Thomas goes to prison. He's beaten by a man named Hank Hillen. Was was this FBI agent? And he had he worked in. he actually was involved with with sending blanton to prison okay so he had this background and so we the white knight came to nashville and fbi guy and he was a good person i think he's overly paranoid about everybody and thought everybody was a crook and couldn't work with anybody and so he lasted four years and then this woman who really gail ray who was a good person yeah really, i remember her really smart lady yeah she'd never been in a jail never been in a courtroom never been involved but she wanted to kind of bring this business you know uh Approach, her her campaign was I have an MBA, okay. and that was the slogan. And people said, when you so somebody." Much. Thought it was I am for MBA, yeah. and she got a lot of the, the money from the West the Side. West side. And that, <laughs> it's it's yeah. all in
0: the way you tweak a message, there, dear. Yeah.
2: A woman saying I'm from MBA wouldn't work in this town. No, no, not, but you're right. The family members would be. Uh, <laughs> it might be soon, though. But yeah, that's right. That's all in the. So comes. you have a
1: uh, your the, talk about your your daily job. Uh, You've gotten a new jail downtown. About how how many people do you arrest a month, or how? You know what's the system? Metro arrests them, and you're in charge of incarcerating them. Give folks a little insight of uh, how that you get arrested, where you go, what's that like.
2: Yeah, it's a great question. This is the one we, that we answer the most and, and need to. So Nashville in 1963 passed the what you call the metro government. We're the first in the, in the country. And um, it, it was really to merge systems, right? So you don't have two school systems and two law enforcement systems and two everything. So in that agreement, the voters basically said, we don't want to duplicate services. A city county doesn't want to duplicate. So So the order of things, the police are responsible to investigate crimes. That's basically the legal language to it. And we do virtually everything else. What does that mean? We house all the custody. We're in the courts. Um, We do all the civil law, divorce, garnishments, orders of protections, warrants. We do a lot of that that type of stuff. What we don't do is go investigate the actual crime or traffic. That's always been a little bit on the edge. They do traffic. We could tomorrow morning wake up and the chief of police and the sheriff could shake hands and say, you take murder, I'll do burglary. I mean, you could do it that way. You just can't both do murder or both do civil or both do jails or both. So that was because the voters said, we want to remove the duplication. The law doesn't allow the voters to take away authority from a, a statewide, I mean, a state constitutional office, really kind of deep in the weeds. But the legal thing is the city cannot take away the sheriff's authority. Even the voters can't, the state can take them away. It's always kind of in play right now. There's all this stuff that gets going with these health orders and all that. So, so the bottom line is the, the way Nashville works, the, the arrest occurs by the police, police officer or federal government sometimes. They bring us the body. Sometimes we're out in the field with them. We have mobile booking environments all over Nashville. So, we take the person from that point on. And so, we will take them, book them, house them, feed them, get them to court, send them to prison, release them, programs. We do all of that with that individual. And then we're running what, like I said, two hundred thousand civil warrants a year, which is a lot of volume of work. And, oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, and you're you're knocking on doors where you're you know you're moving loved ones or now you formerly loved ones mm-hmm. apart, and kids are yanked away. It's a pretty dangerous part of the world, and um, you have a thousand employees, a hundred million dollar budget. It's it's a very very large part of the city. It's just not what you see and. I like to tell people we're good to go to lunch with because people slow down thinking we're going to pull you over for speeding and we just go right by you. We're not we're not into traffic enforcement. But, I was uh, just
0: going to can I'm I not, can I go seventy five uh, and a sixty in Joe's five Mustang and not get pulled
2: over if I, I see Sheriff? With us. Okay, we, keep going. Keep okay, going. Good. Good. slowing down for the sheriff. Now we have a radio. It's pretty fast. We they know her. people.
1: That's what my father said. Just remember, you can't outrun a radio. That's it. That's it. <laughs>
2: that's, that's a good, that's good
1: advice.
0: Common sense would tell you not to. Look to Joe and John for this, but time for life lessons from Joe and John. Part of this podcast is talking to people that have, have been here a while and have a perspective of, of the ever-changing landscape figuratively and, and literally. Uh, what has what has improved about Nashville and, and crime and, and the way we do it and the way we handle it? And what are maybe some of the issues that frankly should be discussed and right. and uh, and aren't approached. I mean, again, probably a very common question, but yep. um, uh, I don't keep up with current events yep. anymore. So I, <laughs> I, this, I really don't know the answer anymore because <laughs> I'm
1: not, not in the newsroom. Well, our city has exploded in growth, so that has wow. to really put pressure on you.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I would say there's two things in COVID. I mean, everyone has a story, but COVID really reshaped what we do in every way. And, mm. and I wouldn't have thought that. I mean, I, just to give you a number. So, so before COVID, there was a hundred people a day arrested. That's a good number just to hang on to hundred a day. Today it's 60. Mm. Um, and so now there's a lot of evidence that violent crime is up. I mean, um, the one thing I remember about graduate school, which is a thousand years ago, but, uh, but was that the only thing um, that you should never trust is crime data. It's not that people are trying to manipulate you, but it is the most screwed up way of accounting, right? A crime data is basically reported crimes, right? It doesn't really... And so what really matters is, are the people safe? Do they feel safe? Are they in fear? And this town, in my opinion, has been moving in a much more fearful state in the last 10 years. I mean, fearful as in, you know, there's people being shot over parking spaces. I mean, when I went to high school here, a fight would make the news, right? It'd be a black eye tomorrow. Today, there's gunshots and everyone's... And so... It it definitely feels different to me and, and, and the community, I think, is is viewed it differently. And I I um I, I've I've struggled with this all my all my adult life because I grew up, you know, I was a Green Bay Packer fan because we were never gonna have any sports fan, any sports in this town. And never. Never and in no way would ever happen. It would not have happened. I mean, this is a fascinating thing. I'm not here promoting him, but but Phil Bredesen, let, let me back up. Here, here's a better part. <laughs> so our our mayor our elections right we had the, the metro charter was formed and and at that time you had a beverly briley who was a mayor and then you had richard fulton who was the next mayor really the first metro mayor almost you would say he did a lot of really good things convention center downtown at the time and the small one <laughs> right right the first one and it was kind of a big news back then and i thought he did a lot of good things he was a nashville guy briley was a nashville guy and then after Fulton was Boner, Bill Boner, of course, became a national figure, as everyone knows. Thank
1: God I was in radio during that era. <laughs> you talk about Billy Fodder. That's, you talk about Shub. His name Bill Boner. Shub in the water every
2: day. Thank, thank that's you. Free. And You are sharks. Thank you. That's free. Yeah. No, that is no. Free. And if it, if it wasn't if it wasn't for the, the theatrics going off, you know. Uh, the the, the city was still a good old boy network i mean he was by the way i know him i see him still he's a nice man and he's reffing kids basketball games williamson you see my mom saw him the other day and i mean so he's a nice man and and everybody makes weird mistakes his was public the way he handled it but i've never said this to him but i would give him credit for changing nashville here's why he beat phil bradison the first time people forget this and and I was a I was a roofing houses that summer and I, th- I thought this Phil Bredesen dude was a cool guy he from New York, had all this money gonna bring business and different things to Nashville. And, you know, I wasn't opposed to good old boy networks, but I thought, wow, this looks different than what I, I see in, in Nashville and I was young, teenager. And so I jumped off the house. No kidding, walked door to door to hand out some junk from some man. Never met him. I just thought it was kind of cool. He didn't okay. even put yard signs up. He just hung a little green ribbon on your tree or something. I don't know what it was and uh, my dad was in politics a little bit that time and they were all into the boner camp and all that world of kind of the nashville established crew you know i uh, next thing i know this this guy almost beats bill boner i mean he was there's four or five people in the race and what happens is if you don't get a majority you go down to the two and he went down to the two yeah, and almost, run off, yeah. yeah almost beat uh, bill boner he loses to him and boner takes off into the situation obviously three years into it it's a national fiasco and, and he he cannot win again but i think he runs again if i remember correctly as this you know, kind of embarrassment type figure. And, and so Phil Bredesen benefited from having run the time before and probably would have had trouble beating Bill Boner again, just because Nashville wasn't ready. But because of his missteps, here comes this New York capit, you know, carpet. Carpet, carpet bagger, bagger, as they call him, yeah. <laughs> so it's just no way, you know, no, that, that's my theory. Without Boner's mistakes, he probably would have won again. I Don't know that Bredesen would have run around and done what he did. He runs, and people forget this. he had never been to a pro sporting event in his life i all, never been to any of them. And he gets out in front of this thing because of the business and what it would do to the city. And, and it would be different if it were me. I'm a huge sports fan. I'd lose sight of the finances. I just wanted it so bad. Sure. And uh, my dad was in the city council at the time, and, and it was kind of funny because I was desperate. I couldn't believe him. I get the stadium. And so my mom, who's a huge sports fan, and I were, were championing Bring the Thing. And my dad was voting every night, and he voted against it. He voted against what? it. Yes, his own district. He did these polling back then, mailed yeah. it. By the way and and if you remember that the voters got to decide it eventually but the council first decided to let the voters do that meaning they could have said no we're going to decide it but they moved the politics to the to the a referendum right yes. the referendum. that
1: was the nfl yes campaign yes, yes and
2: we're talking about the titan stadium being built that's, right. that's right and yeah. it was back then and he he passed away three years ago but he always he's a huge sports fan by the way and he was on a, he was, we were in the New York times because I told people I want to be put up for adoption. I was 20 something years old by now, but I didn't want to be a part of it because it's he a voted great the wrong quote. way. I was like, that would have go. gone viral if, if there was such a thing back today, then, right? Today. Yeah. I mean, you were too early. It cost me the football stadium. I don't want to be in, you know, and, uh, but he, he voted against it. Of course it ends up passing. And, um, uh, you know, and, and, and I still believe it, it changed most of the way Nashville was viewed. And, and. I think that and also, and this is just my, Joe, y'all's world, more infamy entertainment, where I really believe the Garth Brooks uh, almost urban cowboy thing moves it from a bunch of old people in, in flannel shirts for, what do you call it, down at the fairgrounds? Uh, not, sure. Fan, but, it was fan fan fair fair. fanfare yeah. in those days. And when it became, I told my son this y- yesterday, when it became cool for young girls and young boys to like the music, and I still believe, I even moved some then. I mean, I, when Alabama was a decent Place to be as a college student, like I'm talking about the band, not the not the place. (laughs) I'm messing all that up. Could have been both. Yeah, but it it wasn't cool to like Merle Haggard back then. I don't think as as a young person, or pick these others. But it it became kind of okay. And I think Garth Brooks. I do believe in Cowboy. I think Alabama. When the music became a little more acceptable, I think Nashville starts to feel like, and watching the bars that were opening up, and a lot of friends are open, you know, owned all those places, and mm-hmm. it just became a little better. And then all of a sudden, you got a pro sports stadium popping out, you got the, you know, the You putters, got the arena, right? I mean, NBA or NHL first in,
0: but Phil Bredesen yes. couldn't name five no. NBA teams or NHL. It no.
2: was a business decision no, no. to revitalize downtown. And Reece shaped the city. There's not a doubt about it. And of course, Gaylord pumping in Second Avenue and the hotel and all that stuff's going on. I grew up with the Opera Land, not the hotel, right? That's and so right. the hotel moved. And it just felt like you can just kind of feel it. And I give Bredesen the credit. I I really think just because he had the foresight to do some of that. And and, you know, he okay, so you go to these three local guys as as mayors, and then you elect Brettison, who who I, you know, obviously was from New York and And then after that, you kind of run through some, I thought some pretty good, you know, Bill Purcell really wasn't from here. And I thought he was very smart, did some really good things. Carl Dean, who also wasn't from here, did some really good things. I think since that time, we've kind of gone back into electing local people and that doesn't make them bad people, but I do think it changes a little bit the way the office is viewed. And and I compare it to this. If today we're all peers working together and tomorrow Joe's our boss or Joe's elevated, it makes our life different awkward. You just can't, I see it every day in my line of work. I see it in most places it just doesn't seem to work. And we've elected three council members, the last three mayors, Mm -hmm. and they were all working together, supposedly in the body of the council, then they get elevated. And once that happens, the council mayor relationships don't seem to be as succinct. I don't know that a legislative minded person is always good in an executive role. I mean, if you look at history, our our congressmen and senators usually aren't great presidents. Governors make better presidents. And same thing here. I I like the, the role that bredesen played coming to the office and even carl dean who wasn't a council member and purcell wasn't i just thought we had a pretty good run and and now we're back into a little bit more of the i don't know the 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 local only and i don't mean local person but the role that they brought to the table was a very local thing and um we're just fortunate i mean i, I think nashville is lucky bud adams is mood at the time i mean look how that had to just line up and with with a pretty nerdy guy i mean phil bredesen wasn't a bud adams looking person not at all no I, can't believe they could even sit in a room and work through all that and um but it, it changed the world i mean changed the city and i you know gosh we're buying psls and made every game and went to the super bowl i mean i was there at everything and 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 you know and now i think we've gone so far that i'm worried about it, it it's gone to the point where you know at least from where i'm just a constituent I'm, I'm a nobody in the world of what happens i just i just don't know i mean i you know i couldn't hardly get to work this morning traffic is a mess and um And I just, I I look down there, you know, we, we don't have some infrastructure that you would really want to, to move around and do things. And for the younger generation, my son doesn't even like to drive a car. I mean, you know, he he lived in DC a lot of times and he got used to not doing that. And so that generation is not like me. I had to have a car to go to my girlfriend's house. I had to have a car to go to football practice. Well, what was that first car? 65 Mustang convertible. (gasps) You are speaking our language. All right. 65 Mustang yeah. convertible. Uh, He's a Mustang
1: speed. owner. I'm a Mustang uh, owner. Uh, My I'm first uh, car learned to drive stick
0: was a 65 My Mustang. My Ford does not sponsor us. Is beyond me. All right. Yeah, we are, missed opportunity. We'll talk
1: about everything but your electric Mustang. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah, that
0: is not a Mustang, by the way. That is not, not, not a Mustang. <laughs>
2: rapid rapid, 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 rapid fire, fire rapid fire
0: rapid, pew, 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 rapid pew, fire
1: rapid all right we have questions for sheriff hall okay. joe what do you got
2: darren what's uh what's in your cd player now wow um favorite of all is is uh joshua tree it will always be my favorite wow. album ever nice uh, yeah and, you and I too. still listen to it i think it's, yeah, that's one of my favorite. will always be and uh uh you know i I have a son at Auburn who's really pushed. Uh he loves music in all sorts of varieties. And I've really enjoyed kinda getting him to come into my generation and and I'm yeah, into his. Yeah. I, I really like some I like lyrics. I'm really into lyrics. I, I don't know anything about the instruments hardly, but I, I love the lyrics. And so I I appreciate country music in all of those ways. And and I don't care who's singing it, but I love the lyrics. I'm a big Eric Church fan. Uh it's kind of a more local name. And uh but I I'm be big, deep music guy. Um, don't, don't play or nothing, but I'm way into music. And um, have it, have it driving down the road to and from work and gets me in the mood, you know, sure. whichever way. If you
0: were not sure for the last 20 years in Davidson County, what would be your plan B profession? Wow. And a punter in the <laughs> NFL?
2: <laughs> I would love to have coached Yeah, when I think about it. Yeah. But let me be honest, I wouldn't want to do it today. I mean, you know, I, I'm. I was a product of Antioch High School. I'm mm-hmm. going to my 40th reunion Saturday yeah. night, and so I've been out a long time. And uh, but I, I wouldn't want to deal with it today. Um, but I I, 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 Back then, back then you were, I, you had the kind of the yeah the moxie the, and the, the leadership the and the yeah. I, I think and and I, I don't have the skills. I, I just would like to be a part of a team of people. I kind of yeah. like that role. I don't. I don't. You know. I. I would not have been a good instructor of technique in most things, but I I would have.
0: Well, you're, you're a coach now. I mean, in a way you're, 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 you're a leader of, of, of law enforcement and doing the right things and motivating people and keeping morale up and, teaching a winning way and right so you are a coach it's It's
2: the thing i enjoy most i mean if you go back to my work right now that's that's what they would tell you i mean i I enjoy that more than anything and and um you know just just kind of being a part of it as much as um and and don't mind making decisions but i really don't don't like to take the credit for it and i'm not sitting here trying to make myself. i it's just i get it it's a wee thing you know i I love feeling like we're doing it so as sheriff of davidson county uh do, do you get to wear spurs (laughs) <laughs> Not to wear Spurs. I, I've never even dressed up with Spurs, but uh, I've tried I tried uh, some, some other outfits, I guess. Our, we, do, we host murder. Oh, do tell.
1: Spurs. That was just what I was going to say. That was just a, <laughs> you just had a my... funny question, but it might get better here. If something else opens up. <laughs> Have
0: you ever punched a horse? <laughs> I, was, <You> know? uh... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. Name a, uh, name a we, we always ask folks uh, that uh, favorite restaurant. What's new for you downtown? Because there's one opening every day.
2: So, so I'm a weird food guy. I, I'm a big burger. I love meat and potatoes, basically. But I'm a big burger guy, and and uh, so I tell people all the time. I, I'll eat other things, but I, I'm pretty darn good at telling you who has the best burgers. I mean, I, I and who is that? Yeah. So, so there's three or four of them that are. Oh, s- oh look at him. He's <laughs> no. I, I'll tell you. Yeah, you there's they're you, all you, voters. There's classes <laughs> right. of burgers. Oh, back right? to politics. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can't compare Hugh Babies, who is extremely good hamburger. Yeah. You know? Okay. You can't compare that to say Burger Republic. Right. i'm just using those two names but i mean you're talking classes of them of, that's what i'm trying to say there's i can go each class and say well i think the best there's a great new hamburger place out in cool spring called the ground okay, okay. and i thought ground what makes
1: a good hamburger to you
2: yeah so it needs to never be frozen i'm not sticky about that but i'm just saying it needs to be and and i like the seasoning a lot of people don't don't do much to the meat they just throw it on there i mean i tell you a great hamburger people don't know is ted's montana grill they have great seasoning. They have bison and beef, but, I mean, they they, they do really well in the seasoning. And this ground place in Cool Springs is basically a little bit of an upscale. You know, it's Mm -hmm. kind of beer and drinks, but it's a uh, burger-focused. And, um, yeah, they do really good work with, with, with that type of thing. And, you know, Five Guys is a great hamburger. In the middle of the road you know you just to me and you, sure and if you go but, for 22 dollars, right and now they're all going there i mean that's what's happening i mean you're you're paying steak prices i it's mean off. uh but I, i'm i get so narrow and then I, i'm uh I, I go all over there's a place in hendersonville i'll go to a couple of times during in a month and uh it's a little meat and three it has a fantastic hamburger it's called red rooster yeah it, it's on the highway right there go get a hamburger fantastic wow. uh, my folks look still about there uh it's a, it's a good that's a mm. good track we
0: what uh, pet peeve, and it can't be, <laughs> it can't be driving in the left side, left lane.
1: Everyone says everybody's
0: that, that which is which is mine for sure. But uh, do you have a pet peeve? Anything that uh, just kind of sits in your craw? That uh, you know,
2: one to ten, it should be a two, and it's actually a six or something like that. I'm embarrassed to tell you this. No, please, it's all changed. I mean, COVID has moved this to the maybe a lot of people's pet peeve. I used to have the pet peeve. I couldn't stand to wait when there were tables mm-hmm. today. That's not even fair, right? When I when yeah. I remember going and standing, and they would like say, "Got thirty minute wait." And and in Grant, there's four empty tables right in front of the store. And and again, I'm not better than waiting. I just would rather value my time or whatever. Yeah. And so now with COVID, y'all, I mean, there's not a place you can go that has enough staff to do anything. So I, right. I, I respect that differently, but I've always hated waiting. Yeah, I'll pay money, whatever you want me to do. Right, I don't want to wait. Yeah. I'm not better than that. I just choose that my time. I don't like to wait. And but so, now you chill a little bit. You yeah. have a book. Bit- empathy and I do. Gender. I even okay. thank people. Thank you for working. Right. It sounds crazy. It I does mean, sound it is wild. I mean, I lied to get a job. I mean, and, and these people now <laughs> yeah. just it's begging people to show up. I mean, yeah. I just um, and, and I, you know, I don't know where that's going to go. I mean, we have 160 officer vacancies today. Wow. It's never been like that. Um, and by the way, not that this is great, but that's fifty two thousand a year and every benefit in the world and a full pension here, and so that that's more money than I made as a number two guy. Sure. twenty years ago, mm-hmm. we're that's paying true. entry. It's it's the highest paid and having trouble getting people. It's it's a tough thing.
1: Could I pull someone through a car door window? Um, Throw them on the ground. In this job, yeah,
2: well, you get fired, but but if, if, <laughs> if, if, it'll be the best uh, one uh, time you'll ever one and done once on filming. We can do one it, once, and done. I always
1: learned the hard way that one time I got pulled over in <laughs> Hendersonville. He said, "Can I see your license?" And I said, "I don't know." Can I shoot your gun? And I didn't know that that was not a normal response. <laughs> Joe, you are God.
2: Do you, just you think worry, I could man. service? See, that's why maybe the next guy got pulled out of the car. See, I want to pull him right through the <laughs> car window. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, so here I'm going to steal your question. That, that, but this is such a good one. Um, if you could tell your 18 year old self some advice, mm-hmm. what would it be? Gosh,
2: man, the, the, don't sweat the small stuff. What does that mean? Don't let your anger, your frustrations, and it it, it has controlled me uh, in, in a lot of ways. I was golfing yesterday and I was having this conversation with a 20 year old who was sitting next <laughs> to me and he was extremely frustrated over his performance on the hole, probably because he had seen his dad on a couple of holes before just frustrating and just, you yeah. know, instead of enjoying the day, man, it's just, and, and, and I know that sounds old fashioned, but I've let that, oh gosh, you know, I, I don't forget things easy. I have grudges that I shouldn't have. I have, and you know, I'm vulnerable because of those things I shouldn't have done. And just, just, you know, and, and there are decisions made that, that, you know, I just, I just didn't do well with getting over it. And, um, and if I could just go back and say, you know, life's short, it's going to fly by, you know, and, um, who cares if, if you and it have these conflict, uh, move, move on and don't let them take uh, more of your life. And, and I've let people take over my life in ways, you know, and it's it still stays with me. I, like I said yesterday, I can feel it right now. And he was frustrated about missing a putt on a hole. And, and then I said, look, I know. I acted very poorly a few holes ago, but all I did was get in a cart and just didn't want to speak for a minute or two. But it wasn't. <laughs> We've like, all been there. I know, and, but I, but I, I don't want him to be that way. Yeah. And I told him, I said, I know. Just, just listen to me. Please try to <laughs> to let that go and enjoy your buddies. Here's some guys you're up here with, and have, so I know it's what? right. I can't do it. What what'd you shoot? 81.
0: Okay,
1: no, tough but-
2: course, by the way. Where'd you play yeah. Ross Bridge down in Birmingham, okay. Arbor St. Jones. Oh, did you deal. play
1: with your son down there? Yeah. Okay, now I got. Now I'm back on it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All of us are just like our dads, aren't we? <sighs> yeah. If we want to admit it or not. Well,
0: I am. My dad never played golf, and I I'm terrible at it. No, I I, it's as if I don't play it. So no, I get
1: uh-huh. it. I get it. <laughs> and we. It's usually our wives that remind us of that. <laughs> yeah.
2: And we. You know, I have a. I have this. And that's thing.
1: off for good, but sometimes maybe not.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I. You know, I've said this a lot. Um, I think we all have dad issues. And I, that doesn't mean it's all bad, but there are dad issues. I mean, I, I think about my own, and I'm just, I yeah. share this with my closest friends. And, you know, I don't know whether it's wanting to live up to, wanting to be, wanting to act like I see me in a mirror and go, holy crap, that's him. You know, sometimes. absolutely. I mean, it's the weirdest thing. Same mannerisms. Right. Do you ever have your yes. you have siblings go, yeah. God, I see your dad in you. I don't, and I like that. There's I a think. pride about yeah. it. But then there's the other things that I, I can remember. I mean, here's a great example. My 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 dad and mom didn't really have quality conversations much. Our family wasn't built up. It was superficial. It was very surface. It was, and I'm just this extremely deep guy. And I think it's because I've always wanted to get in there. Yeah. Looking back, you know, I've yeah. been I've been trying to find that. And 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 he, you know, he he told me two things in life, and, and you know, kind of as a 20 year old, we never had that conversation or any any real deep conversations. But he asked me one time. He said. Oh, come on out here. I want to talk to you. And that scared me to death. I thought we we're going to talk something about uncomfortable. And he said, um, he said, don't ever coach your kids. Mm. Now he coached me for 12 straight years. And he's telling you not to do that. Right. Because it probably strained and stayed in our relationship. Looking sure. back, And, and, you know, and so, you know, I live a great life. So I, there, there's nothing sad here, but, but he knew that was wrong. Looking back and I never coached my kids. <laughs> I mean, I never coached them. I didn't have any kids when he told me that, by the way. He just said, don't ever coach your kids. I wanted to do that so bad. Everyone does. But yeah. I, but I said I'm not going to do it, and I and I stayed true to that. You well, did stay true to that, I, okay? It, yeah. And fought it. I fought it internally because yeah. I you know tried to help. I'd film would go out with whatever they want to do, but I was never the guy. And yeah. and, and um,
0: unofficial film
2: session. Yeah.
0: On, on your eight year old swing <laughs> They
2: they would probably tell you I had, a, I had a my oldest son was a really good quarterback played at the NBA and it was mm-hmm. you know pretty big back in the day and we were playing Trinity and Louisville top team in the country at the time I mean, it was pretty high level stuff and he was really into that and i, I was you know i was my, my other one was a baseball guy more and so i love being a part of it and, and i'm glad i didn't coach him it was the right advice but but internally man it was just always mm-hmm. another funny little piece i always i learned from he um we lived over and gosh I, I think we had 1100 square foot house i'm not kidding you my sister and i and my mom dad that's all i thought thought i was rich i lived over on luna drive which is over by the airport um and so when I was 14, my sister was three years older. When I was 14, they put an in-ground pool, and that was extremely rare where I lived. Sure. And, and, you know, it wasn't huge, but it was in-ground, and you were rich if you had a pool, I think. And so, you know, I swam all the time. I swam in high school. And I was, I was into all, all kinds of swimming stuff, too, back in the day. But anyway, now it's six or seven years later, and it's one of these nights, rare as it had been in my life, that he said, I want to talk to you about something I was scared of death. Oh, and here we go. He sat back down, and he said, just like he did on the never coach your kids. I think we said, okay, bye. You know, that's all I remember. The next time, the only other time I ever talked to him about anything, he said, um, don't ever forget you had more friends in the summertime. (laughs) I know where this is going. I know where this is going. (laughs) And, And I have lived, learned, understood, and appreciate that every day. You get elected in this job. I mean, just not that it's a big deal, everybody wants a job everybody loves you that wants a job and i'm just using that i'm, I'm not demeaning anybody mm-hmm. so it's so i mean it, it's i mean I, I can tell you he was in the city council years later and people would call and so as he got older and was was not many years left i remember one day just out of the blue he told me he said uh, they packed up and left nashville and went to williamson county way late in his life and uh you know he was in the city council the phone would ring all the time mm-hmm. everybody wanted your vote everybody wanted to pump you up and do all this and then when you leave so, anyway, we're sitting out there. I never brought it back up, and even brought the pool conversation up. And he just looked at me and he goes, "Remember when we had the pool?" I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "We mo- we moved out here." He said, um, "I didn't have as many friends. All those people who cared about him when he was in that role. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I was just going into this role." Yeah, and it, you just kind of understand. I'm okay with all that, but I mean, I know tomorrow if I walk off from here, I understand the phone's are not going to ring and people aren't going to be what what somewhat feels superficial maybe i don't know and, and uh, so anyway my, my two life lessons were weird weird conversation with my dad oh that's great that you remember that you're <laughs> gonna
1: have more friends in the summer you're <laughs> just have a, that. a great statement yeah
2: my well my parents
0: uh, we, i thought we, my dad was a ford peddler and and we built two in-ground pools in the two houses that i grew up i thought we were rich we yes. weren't rich darren yeah. they did it because they wanted to see i had told her sisters younger brother Everybody would come to the Hammas house. We were, they could find out who we were hanging with. It was a strategic thing, investment. No, no country club, no third car, no any of that stuff. And I just went. Mom liked the pool. Dad wasn't in it twice. I don't think I remember. But (laughs) but it was just, it's interesting. That's That's right. That's That's great. You gotta wear shades give us a day brightener, or something. You know, you talk about, you're concerned about Nashville and, and, and rightfully so with, with some of the culture and the things have changed a little bit and it's got polarized. And I mean, it, it could be any city in America, I guess, but Darren, what, what, uh, what do you see on the horizon? That you go, man, we're going to, we're going to be okay.
2: Yeah. So, and, and we'll stay in my lane a little bit, but uh, one of the things I, I feel better about is, I do believe generally people understand that people make mistakes and there's addictions and mental health, these things that I think are deep rooted. And I think we've got to figure out how to fix those things. What, what I'm what I'm saying is I grew up in, in the era where lock them up and leave them, three strikes are out, whatever. And I'm not here saying people don't need to be incarcerated in jail and prison and go to court. We all need to be held accountable. I put my sons in timeout. They were grounded. We, I've had my own discipline. I still believe they need it. We fire people every week in my office. We need to. You got to be held accountable. That's the way it is. And so I'm not, I'm not here to, but, but what I think society has done wrong for 30 years is try to say arresting Joe is going to solve the problem. We got to figure out what Joe's about, right? What is Joe's problem? Yeah. I mean, and sometimes, right? Sometimes it's obvious. I mean, 35% of the people booked today on jail will be diagnosed mentally ill. That's not the lawyer, the grandmother, the girlfriend trying to get them out of it. It's a diagnosis of the only country in the world that arrests people who are ill. Right? In Australia and Germany, I mean I've been all over the world, the reality of that is if you're naked in the park, something's wrong with you. <laughs> Here we send you to jail. That's true. <laughs> Joe just never got caught. I never. <laughs> I was going to say a musician, and now no, I couldn't eliminate anybody. So, uh, but I do hope. I hope we figure out why people do what they do, and maybe you know. And, and I don't just Nashville, but I, I do think we've got some head starts on some of that. I, I think there's some bipartisan junk in there. People understand that everybody can get strung out on opioids if you don't know that. Oof. We've all had it. It's the single worst problem in my lifetime. No yep. doubt about that but you you've got family and friends i've got family and friends that are we would have called them heroin addicts growing up these are just people being prescribed my sons my my wife my family you know 80 pain pills for shoulder surgery miss i, I rode with him to get them mm-hmm. and i said we're not taking a one of those and i will do everything i can i mean and the reality of it is that is not a doctor wanting to get you addicted it's a doctor wanting you to feel better but it's a lot like you're your buddies in high school who maybe get you to try something. We don't know what the next trial is going to be. And that whole crisis of the opioid thing is there's more people died of overdose than COVID. Yeah. Well, I know but it's a know. big
1: problem with the fire department. They're going on so many overdoses oh, uh, and it's the fentanyl. Fentanyl. And you had commented on an earlier show. Uh, these kids are having farm parties. Yes. And I thought, wow, a big party on a farm. Oh, there's and cow, cow tipping probably and stuff like that, right? going in yeah. there. Uh, they're stealing pills yes. and they dump them all in a bowl and you just yes. reach in and take, Oh, don't tell me that. You just no. take whatever you yeah. See, got. I don't have yeah. kids. So I'm, yeah. I'm totally, yeah. Yeah, is that's, it's, it's that reckless. Mm-hmm. And even with the pen, the impact, whatever the pen is, these, the, the, the fennel, yeah, they're, they yeah. they know they're going to take it and they that's know dark. they got a good chance to die. And if they feel it happening, they zap themselves or they, you know, <sighs> it's always lander. So it it's, And it has to be just a nightmare for you. Well, this
0: is the day brightener I was talking (laughs) about. This is exactly,
1: I was going, this is the narrative (laughs) that we were going for.
0: (laughs)
2: I'm, I'm Darren Downer. I'm Darren Downer. Darren my, Downer. My, 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 Downer. My, 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 my no, you're no this fall. Vote for Downer. Darren Downer. I can't lift anybody up. That what, what's be funny. That, that's my. That
1: Instead of MBA, that probably works. <laughs> yeah. I can't lift anybody up. Oh, gosh. Eeyore. I came from the, the last year. Pull the
0: shades. Pull the shades all. I'd vote <laughs> for Falling down. But, I'd vote
1: for that. <laughs> but just go in the fetal and just call it a day. That's well, true. on yeah. the bright spot, is... Joke. Are you going to continue to do this? Do you like this? Do you see a, a, something else you want to do? You going to run for mayor? You oh, going, you know, what do you want to do?
2: So it's, what is today? What number day? We're in somewhere late August. Um, but yeah, so I swear in for my sixth term here in three days or whatever the first of September is. And um, so that's, you know, that's four more years if if if, if you live through it. And um, and, and I, I think, you know, I, I think that's a good time, you know, to evaluate what all is going on. I, I don't want to run for anything else. I, I went through that window of thinking through that. Uh, I don't have the Patients or the interest of that type of a world, I, you know, I I, I don't want to quit. I want to go do something else, and uh, don't really know what that is, and, and maybe run again. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of um, I don't want to be there, and I don't want to be the, you know, the. Uh, I think there should be mandatory age requirements for rock stars and musicians because God, they look horrible. And, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm saying that here. I am running oh, around thirty it. years later, so I'm I need to get out of here soon. But uh, <laughs> it's you know, like I said, I, I hope to I hope to find a way to watch my kids you know, uh, be successful and do their life. And I'd like to be around here somewhere. And I just don't, I don't have the political interest and um, it's gone. It, it was there at one time, maybe to try, but I, I won't be running for anything. Excellent. Maybe that will be the coaching mentor era. Ah, there you go.
1: Sorter and retirement. Yeah. coach coach grandkids coach grandkids no, See, your, your
0: right. dad said nothing about that's that. right that, i we, have found a loophole. loophole that's it i'm ready to go <laughs> I'm, I'm ready uh but
2: yeah so we're, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with it i think and and um uh, as we were sharing before we're gonna I have a 28 year old getting married here in the next few months and then i have a 20 year old hopefully gonna graduate once he's out i've got him out the payroll and I, I i don't have to my wife will let me uh not not stress so much over get making sure we can get those out-of-state payments made so Good, good deal
1: times,
2: man. well right. hey
0: we appreciate we know you're busy and uh, but being able to walk down some memory lane and get a, a perspective from a guy that uh, that knows Nashville well that has protected Nashville well and and uh, we're, we're just we're very thankful that uh, and when I you know look, I back messaged on Facebook and yeah, uh, because I'm old did. and I go, I don't know if he'll even remember uh, the, <laughs> that I once worked at whatever. But, and then uh, Joe goes, Oh, I went to school with
2: him. I'm yeah. like, geez.
0: Oh, you know, everybody.
2: <laughs> no. So this worked out very well. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed it. And thank you very much. Ah, Thank you guys okay. both. I, I'm enjoying what you're doing. I followed on social media as well. So, uh, so, so good luck to you. Good deal. That is a second cup. Joe and
0: John. It's the second cup of Joe and john as their guests expound on any and all topics within the realm of decency want to be a sponsor let a tv and radio guy help build your business email the show second cup of joe and john at gmail.com now hold on tight and grab another second cup of joe and john